the Hammer and Nigel Show. We're back. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. We'll go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on Breitbart World Editor Francis Martell. Francis, how are you? Doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. We're going to tie a bunch of stuff together here. This is going to be a fun one. We've got China. We've got Russia. We've got India. We've got uh, whiskey. And I promise, <laughs> we're, I promise we're, we're going to tie it all together here. Let's start with the news. The Department of Energy comes out and says, yeah, it looks like the COVID virus came out of a lab in Wuhan. The FBI ran a parallel investigation that said just as much. And now I'm assuming China has threw up their hands and said, ah, you got us. <laughs> right? I mean, they, you got us. Yeah, it came from the lab. Uh, I'm assuming I could just only uh, hope that's the, the response from China. Am I wrong? Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I, I wish I could tell you that. But actually, what China says is that it did come from a lab in Maryland and that it actually originated oh. in the United States. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What? Hold on. I, that's the first time I've even heard that. A lab in Maryland? Yes, this is a long time. This is the official position of the Chinese government. This is not me making this up. This is the Chinese foreign ministry. Um, they claim that the um, coronavirus escaped from the uh, bio lab at Fort Detrick, Maryland, and that people started getting sick in 2019, and the U.S. government covered it up by naming people with uh, COVID infections by claiming that they had vaping injuries, vaping lung injuries. I remember the uh, vaping angle for yes. sure. Yes. And, and that's what they say happened, and they've never been able to explain how there has never been a single case of a vaping injury being contagious <laughs> of yeah. someone who, you know, used a vape and, and had a lung injury infecting a health worker because these people were obviously not isolated or, you know, treated with any quarantine protocol if they had a vaping injury. Um, but COVID is so contagious. So there's no evidence for this theory whatsoever. Um, the first known case was in the Wuhan area. In, in Hubei province in China, probably around October, November 2019. Um, again, zero evidence, but they reiterated this just this week that, first of all, it's a conspiracy theory to say that it came from a lab, and number two, it came from an American lab. <laughs> That's the official wow. position. So, Francis, we're sitting here laughing at you know the Chinese government saying that it came from Maryland, but at the same time, it's not necessarily that the United States' hands are totally clean in this because Dr. Fauci has been doing this kind of gain of function stuff for a while. Like, So where are we at with that? If we're going to say that it came from a Chinese lab, does Dr. Fauci have any sort of skin in this game? Well, yes, and, and that's the, the other angle to this, right? That the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which is the, the lab that is implicated in this, um, had pretty close ties to multiple American agencies. Um, Fauci, Francis Collins, who ran the NIH when he was there, um, they had ties to experts who were working on experiments at the Wuhan lab at the time. That doesn't necessarily mean that those were the experiments that caused the pandemic or anything like that. Um, but the, the question here is that there's a lot of uh, unanswered questions. There's a lot of things that we don't know. So I don't want to say definitively anybody's implicated or that, you know, Fauci caused the pandemic, nothing like that. But there are way too many questions that no one is answering about the relationship between the National Institutes of Health and Chinese scientists, some of whom worked at that lab. Any signs that uh, our government is going to hold China accountable in any way, shape, or form? They knew this thing was spreading around way before we 
we did. Uh, they started locking down uh, towns and cities in China, but yet they still let people travel to the United States uh, when this thing was first spreading around. I, 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 nobody held accountable at all here? Any, um, any sign of that? As far as I can tell, the only big movement in that is the new Republican-led Congress has a new committee to study yes. the origins of yes. the pandemic. They're looking into exactly who was involved, um, but you know their power is limited because they're only one chamber of one branch of government, whereas the White House has no interest, as far as we can tell, in holding anyone in China accountable for any of this. And, and I'm really glad you brought up the fact that they let people travel and they didn't restrict movement when they knew, because um, to me, the did it come from a lab is a less interesting question than is China pandemic and and the answer to that question is absolutely yes because they knew that there was a, an infectious disease spreading and they let five million people leave Wuhan and they held the government held a banquet for 130,000 people in January 2020 um, mostly elderly people where they were touching sharing food um, and they knew that there was a virus spreading so there's clearly implications there, and, and there's clearly someone, at very least the mayor of Wuhan, who should be held accountable here. I was speaking with Francis Martel, a world editor at Breitbart. So, I saw the article you wrote. We're sticking with China here. Um, China basically telling everybody to calm down on the year anniversary of the invasion of Russia and Ukraine. Is China trying to be buddy-buddy with Ukraine here? Are they going to give them uh, weapons and arms? Do they have an interest in, in Russia succeeding here at all? What's going on? Well, this is interesting because China wants to play both sides. Um, obviously, China and Russia are very close allies. Um, Xi Jinping and, and Vladimir Putin have a very close relationship. But then there's the fact that Ukraine and China also have a close relationship. Zelensky has been trying to talk to Xi Jinping for the past year with little result, but that he still kept communication with Beijing. And uh, Ukraine is a Belt and Road country. The Belt and Road Initiative is this global plan where China um, gives these very predatory loans to poor countries, and then the loans are used to pay for infrastructure projects. They're paid to Chinese companies to build the projects, and then when the country defaults, they essentially lose their sovereignty to China. So Ukraine is part of that, and there's a clear interest on the Chinese part uh, to rebuild what is destroyed in the war. So they want to stay friendly with Ukraine so that Chinese contractors can go into Kiev and, and rebuild high-rises, essentially. Um, so they're playing both sides. So, Francis, if I'm understanding this correctly, trying to look at this big picture here, I see Russia, who does not like the United States, China, who does not like the United States, and Ukraine, who's never really been an ally to the United States, and we're paying for the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, this is What's frustrating to me about all of this is that, um, as an American citizen, the national interests of my country are not really involved in any of this, um, but that doesn't mean that you can't take sort of a moral stance as an individual. I think, obviously, the invasion is is horrendous. The fact that Russia keeps trying to annex and chop off pieces of Ukraine is is abhorrent. And I think Zelensky is doing a great job at, at, in his job being tasked as defending the interests of Ukraine. 
But the interests of Ukraine and the interests of the United States are not aligned. So it's, you know, the, the question is, what are our leaders doing? Because Zelensky is doing his job, which is defending Ukrainian interests. What is Biden doing? Because I see Biden also defending Ukrainian interests, yeah. which do not really align with our interests. And, and that's sort of my emphasis to a lot of conservatives that get frustrated with Zelensky is you, Zelensky's not your president. Biden's your president. That's who you should be mad at. And, and how's it going? I mean, it seems like it's been a few weeks since I've even mentioned Russia in Ukraine. How, how is it going for the Russians? What is there an, any sort of strong update on, on any clear path to an end to this? No. no. <laughs> I, I wish I yeah. had a better answer. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, there, there's the, the ongoing battle for Bakhmut, which looks, you know, pretty rough. It looks like the Russians have the slight upper hand. But this is a war that is now, in March, it's going to turn nine years old. And no one has really moved any goalposts in those nine years, other than last year when the Russians decided to launch a full-scale invasion. That was a major change. And even then, um, we still have in the Donbass region, region in the east, which is where the war was waged for the other eight years of the war, um, nothing much has changed there. It's still a war zone. Civilians are still suffering, and no one's really pushing one way or the other. So I think this is just going to look like this until essentially Russia can't stand it anymore and either retreats or um, you know strengthens the, the Donbass, uh, the, the local sort of resistance to Kiev and, and gets out of there slowly but gracefully and and i don't think ukraine stands a chance of kicking them out of of the east and certainly not crimea so it's it's not like there's going to be a big ukrainian victory either one more thing before we let you go francis martel world editor at breitbart this article you wrote recently about how india is filling the whiskey void in (laughs) russia whiskey is due to due to sanctions can you tell me more about this this is this is pretty interesting yes we're, we're living in very strange times where the russians are running out of alcohol and um, <laughs> because of sanctions and you know local alcohol is fine but whiskey about 91 percent of russia's whiskey is imported and most of that is either from the west or from japan which is still technically at war with russia um so now they have to fill that void in the market and india's largest whiskey company is it just cut a deal to start distributing uh its whiskey in that in there and and that's you know it's a fun story but it's also indicative of how india is also playing both sides in this. I, I wish I had more time with you guys, but India's buying up all the cheap oil, and India's trying to fill every void in the Russian market to make Russia dependent on it. Well, they want to be, India wants to be more of a world player, don't they? Exactly, and they think that they can have an edge if they start making the Russian market dependent on India, then they actually get the upper hand in that relationship. And and they could, you know, they could siphon away Russian Chinese influence in Russia, they could replace it, and they could have have a strong ally, um, and they have, you know, the Soviet weapons are a huge part of the Indian military. Um, so they, it could really strengthen India as as a potential superpower if suddenly they just corner every space that the West has left open in the Russian market. Find her work at Breitbart.com. Uh, Francis Martel, thank you. Have a great weekend, and you're welcome back anytime. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me, and same to you.